essay by Sarah Chinke. This is the diary of Isoke, mother to essay. Isoke almost passed out while standing directly in front of the golden woman. She was in a hysterical state when the woman suddenly laid a gentle hand on her shoulders. Isoke was paralyzed and she could feel a chill come over her. She began to perspire. Slowly, she started getting her breath back. Her vision, which had almost gone dark out of fear, began to clear out slowly. Isoke could see that the golden woman was a full head and shoulders towering over her. Isoke was not lacking in height, so this was very strange. What do you want here, woman? The golden woman asked. Don't harm me, please mother. I just need help. Isoke pleaded. The golden woman waved her long fingers at Isoke to calm her down. Soon Isoke began to speak more coherently. Are you the mother of mothers? Are you the one who gave generations of our women answers to life's many questions? If you are, I am here to see you. I need you to grant me your request, and I won't be leaving this place until I get my answers. The golden woman looked into Isoke's desperate eyes. She let out a little laughter. <laughs> I am she. What can I do for you? She asked. Isoke cried and told the golden woman about all her sorrows. She was desperate. She needed a child. Her tears were streaming down, pouring out and overflowing. The golden woman listened patiently until she heard everything Isoke had to say, after which she spoke out. I see who you are. I see who you were. I certainly see who you will become. <laughs> Be careful, woman. The grass isn't always green on the other side. Isoke trembled. She couldn't speak out. 
she looked into the golden woman's eyes and hers were pleading, shaky and ready to flow like a river. I want to help you, woman. But the one who sits in glass hovers around, you know. You have something of his. And I wouldn't want to interfere. Isoke was confused after listening to the golden woman speak. She wanted to ask the golden woman to explain what she meant. But she was interrupted. Never mind. Is it not a child you seek? Isoke replied her. Yes, mother, I want a male child, just one male child. That's all I want, just one. The golden woman looked at Isoke and burst out in laughter again. <laughs> then she stopped laughing abruptly as always and her voice changed, becoming like thunder. She asked a confusing question. She wanted to know if Isoke had ever tried trapping water in her palms for just five minutes. Isoke replied her saying, it's impossible. The golden woman then asked Isoke, why she was bent on having a male child. Isoke told her that she feared her marriage may fail if she didn't have a son to carry on with her husband's name. Daniel, her husband, was turning into an enigma and it felt like he, she was losing him. With a gentle, thoughtful voice, the golden woman said, I see you have a daughter. Essay, the Wonder Girl. Isoke was so surprised, realizing that the golden woman was all-knowing. And when she said, that essay had a mark on her that only Isoke couldn't see. Isoke was terrified. She wondered why essay took center stage of their conversation. As always, will this be a no again? The golden woman went ahead to tell Isoke that her daughter essay had 10 distinct treasures that until the treasures were shared that Isoke might not have another child. Isoke tearfully asked what she could do. The golden woman said she should offer five of the treasures for a son to be born. Isoke was aghast with fear. She didn't understand how she could offer her daughter's treasures, if any, 
or how it was possible that her daughter had treasures she did not know about. The golden woman laughed again. <laughs> and she said all things were possible. It's okay. Asked. What were those things that were possible? And when she was asked if she could do anything for a male child, she hurriedly said yes. But of course, except I'm her only daughter, she added. The golden woman told her to return to the same spot after she had put to bed a male child. Isoke was instructed to come back with the male child after two days of birth, not later. She was to stand on the same spot and wait for instruction from the mother of the seas. The golden woman dropped three eggs in Isoke's palms and in exchange she took Isoke's baskets from her. Immediately, a wild wind formed circles around Isoke. It was a miracle that the eggs remained firmly placed in her palms and that she wasn't blown away with them. Isoke lost direction again. She felt dizzy and could not see the golden woman anymore. She closed her eyelids until she felt the noise go down. There was a strange mix of dust, dew, and leaves swirling around. Immediately the wind stopped, everything quieted down, and Isoka heard a tiny distinct voice whisper to her, Boil the eggs, eat one. Give one to your husband and the last egg to your daughter, Essie. Your request will be granted. You shall have a son. Remember, bring him back here after the second day by midnight. Isoke could suddenly see her path ahead of her again and she walked quickly back home. Arms stretched out, eggs within her palms. She was terrified, looking behind her all the time and happy at the same time. And Essie receives an email from Nandy. Today is the 1st of October, the very day that Nigeria got its independence from the British. Neighborhood children are all over the streets, dressed in green and white. It is pomp and pageantry. Essie settles down to read Nandy's letter. Nandy writes Essie, and Essie reads. Introducing Jack Fins as Nandy. 
high essay. I must say I was quite embarrassed by your behavior yesterday. I knew you were writing there, listening to me. I was at your door, shouting like a madman, knocking and pleading that you opened the door, but you didn't. I know you saw me at the market last week too and ran away. I searched all over Tamino's market for you, but you were gone just like that. I went back to command quarters and asked around. No one seemed to know your mother over there anymore. I was only lucky to find Mr. Edwin, the security man. His son is now working in the same job as he used to before retirement. He told me how to find you. Oh my. We had a good time talking and reliving the past. He reminded me of how you and I used to scale the quarters fence into the green area behind the university hostel near us. He used to take little bribes of 10 couple from us to look the other way, remember? Hmm, SC. We did everything. We went into strains to catch goldfishes, to trap birds that died few days later. They died even after we fed them with some corn and sugar in water. I remember our friend Emeka told us that if we fed the birds with sweet water, that they would always return to us, even after setting them free. We did that with several birds, but they never stayed. They always died a few days into captivity. We tried so many times, but the results were always the same. He used to cry profusely each time we lost a bird, and you once told me that you felt like you and the bird shared kin. You were both trapped. I always felt guilty. I always felt guilty when you said that. I always wondered if I was trapped you needed to escape from. Was I? Are you happier without me? Hmm. My childish brain couldn't take your tears anymore. And I decided to stop setting traps for those poor birds. I decided to let them live in the wild where they belong. But our fishes, on the other hand, never died. They blossomed in our ponds until there was heavy downpour that made the ponds flood over and left them still dead, sprawled across the little farm at our backyard. Whatever we tried, it was always laced with a bit of tragedy. Oh, Essie, you and I are the past. <laughs> I understand why you chose him over me. You had grown bored of me, I could tell. I was too available to you for too many long years. I didn't let you breathe. I didn't let you dream and explore other options. I trapped you 
in my world of tragic adventures. I should have known. I really should have known that you were never truly going to fall in love with me. I was always just the brother to you, right? You deserved better though. I would have beaten him up or at least died trying that guy, George. But I couldn't. I couldn't fight for my love. I couldn't fight for you, SC. And that was my undoing. But remember, I was an only son of a cool blotter. And my mother's cold tears always remained stamped in my thoughts. And somewhere, the little man in me thought that I didn't deserve you. I couldn't afford to fight. I had to let you go if he was what you wanted. Going through school those days was like walking in a battlefield list with mines. The cults, the bloody groups and fraternities all seeking fine young men to be cloud. I tried being invincible just so they didn't see me. But the more I tried, the more they found me. Well, Essie, stop running. I have found you after decades. And this time, I am fighting to finish. You aren't married. I lost my marriage two years ago. I will tell you more. But give me one more chance to meet with you and to talk with you. No more cages. No more sugar in water. Just let me see you and love you. Essay by Sarah Chinkey.